Good morning and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan and I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton and it's my privilege to walk with you uh, through this time together. This morning is Thursday, October 29th. And the theme for this week is freedom and responsibility. And so our texts have to do with that kind of tension, that balance in the Christian life between freedom and responsibility. And today's texts are Psalm 44, 1 through 8, Genesis 15, 7 through 16, and John 8, 31 to 38. And uh, I'll be reading the text from John for us today. So if you'd like to pause and go read the other text, that's fine, but I'll just be sharing a bit about the, the passage from John. So again, John eight thirty one to 38. <clears throat> then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying... You will be made free. Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, yet you look for an opportunity to kill me because there is no place in you for my word. I declare what I have seen in the Father's presence. As for you, You should do what you have heard from the Father. This is a text that I feel like is one of the very few texts that still kind of exists in the secular American mindset when they think about the biblical passage or biblical texts. I think the idea that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free is still an idea that many people sort of recognize and resonate with. It's interesting because it's developed kind of a shorthand meaning, I think, which may or may not be related to its actual meaning in in the scripture. I think for most people, the idea of you will know the truth and the truth will make you free is this kind of like, hey, there's a tough lesson you have to learn, but the sooner that you adapt to what's true, then then you're free, then you'll be able to get along with it. And um, I mean, I I don't doubt that that's true in some ways, right? That yeah, when we when we know hard things, we can do hard things, and um, you know we don't we don't have to keep being afraid of the truth. We just need to kind of live our lives in subjection to it. I get that, and I understand. But it's interesting, right? Because Jesus says this: "You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free." And then uh, to people who believed in him, they say, "Well, what do you mean by this? Because we're not slaves. We haven't been slaves to anybody. What do you mean you will be made free?" And we don't really pay attention. <laughs> To what Jesus says and answers this. What Jesus says here, of course, answers very clearly, this is what I mean. This is what this text means. And so they say, what do you mean by this? And Jesus says, very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. And the slave doesn't have a permanent place in the household. Now that is sort of like what we just talked about, but it's really very different. (laughs) Right? The idea that if you, it's not just a matter of knowing something in our head, but everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Um, 
there's a way that when we commit sin, we're not living our lives in accordance with what is ultimately true. We're, we're running away somehow from God's design in our lives. And we all do this from time to time, right? But the reality is that when we do this, Jesus says we don't have a permanent place in the household. It's as if Jesus is saying, sin keeps us homeless. Slavery to sin keeps us homeless. The slave doesn't have a permanent place in the household. When we live our lives away from the truth, and it's revealed not just in what we articulate in our, with our uh, lips that lives in our brains, but, but, what, but by what we live out. When we live away from that, we spend our whole lives running. We're running away from something that we know internally is true. But when we can acknowledge things that are true, like when we can acknowledge what is true and obvious, then we can be stable and we can look things in the eye and we can finally be at home. Jesus, in talking about the slave to sin as having no real home, what he's saying is that when we live our lives in a way that's not really in accordance with God's design for us, we end up basically permanently rootless. And I don't know if you have this experience in your life of feeling rootless, but I certainly talk with enough young people today who feel sort of rootless and disconnected. And often, often this rootlessness is a failure to really acknowledge something that's going on in their lives. When I talk with young people, for instance, about something they're secretly ashamed of, you know, something they're doing that they're ashamed of and they want to come to talk to me about it because they'd like some insight on how to stop or how to change their behavior or their way. Um, they, what they experience life like is, is it, it's very rootless. Um, we're having a conversation with each other and they're doing something that they know is wrong, but they're kind of externalizing it and, and really afraid to acknowledge the truth of what's happening. Um, they might say to me something like, you know, I'm looking at pornography sometimes, and I don't want to. I don't want to look at pornography, but I do, and I just don't know quite what to do about it. I don't know how to stop. I want to stop, but I just don't know how. And often, those, in, in an attempt to kind of get away from what is obviously true, they end up pushing the problem kind of to the outside of them and saying, there's a force working on me um, that, that I don't want to be working on me. Rather than acknowledging, <clears throat> no, there really is a way that right now, I want to look at pornography. Like, the problem is not that I'm doing something I don't really want to do. <laughs> the problem is my wanting is kind of screwed up. Like, I'm wanting to do something that is not good for me. And if I acknowledge that out loud, if I acknowledge that my wanting is mistaken, that seems like a huge deal. If it's just a matter of behavior modification, no big deal. But if I have to acknowledge my heart is messed up, then that's a problem because that might take longer to fix. And that's going to mean confronting some things in me that, again, are obviously true, but I'd rather not admit they're there. And, of course, how do we get the courage to acknowledge those things that are obviously true? How do we get the courage to say, yeah, I'm broken right now. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a mishmash of good and bad desires. How do we get the courage to say that? Well, that, too, is related to the truth, isn't it? When we understand the truth of who we actually are, that before anything else we're God's beloved children, when we know that truth, then we're set free. 
then we're set free to look at our lives and see what's actually there in front of us, rather than what we wish were there, rather than looking at it with the kind of eyes of shame that say, I can't say this out loud about me, or I'm running away from what's obviously true. No, we don't have to live rootless lives. We don't have to run around because we're not slaves to sin anymore. Because we know who we most deeply are in Christ, we're capable of then acknowledging who uh, he's made us to be, and we're capable of looking at ourselves with the eyes of love that that God looks at us, us with. We're capable of saying, yes, I need to grow. Yes, I'm not perfect yet. All of these things which everyone knows is true about us. I have this sometimes, and this might be a kind of a danger of living in public ministry, right? But I have this sense sometimes of, you know, if people only knew that I wasn't perfect, they wouldn't love me. They know I'm not perfect, right? They know. <laughs> But I could spend my life obfuscating, and I could spend my life hiding that reality, and I could spend my life pretending to be perfect, right? And that's tempting to do because then I can sort of sleep peacefully at night because I'm one of the good guys. But when I acknowledge, no, I'm, I'm not one of the good guys yet. <laughs> I've got a ways to go. There, there's things going on in me that I wish weren't there. When I can acknowledge that, what's obviously true, then I'm finally at home in my own body. Then I'm finally at home uh, in this world. I'm finally at home as one of God's beloved children once I can say what is. And so the truth sets us free to just be where we are and acknowledge what is true. And so often I fear that churches train our young people to not acknowledge what is obviously true. It trains them to sort of constantly live at odds with their uh, intuition about what's going on around them or even inside them. Instead of teaching them to say, of course, of course, you're not expected to be a finished product yet, and it's okay that you're not, but you know who you are, and when you know who you are, that sets you free to be uh, with God in the process of growing, rather than sort of hiding behind a mask all the time, insisting that you're already grown. The truth of it, of course, as Jesus says here, is that the Son has a place forever, and he he wants us to know, he kind of has this, there's this tension in the text, right, between, like, you could be a slave to sin, or you could be a son in the home. And then Jesus kind of alludes to himself as a son in the home, but he also refers to us as children in the home, to the people he's talking to. He says, I, I declare what I've seen in the Father's presence. As for you, you should do what you have heard from the Father. That's a rather remarkable thing, and some people think that Jesus is just kind of joking, like, hey, if you know God so well, you do what he tells you to do, but I'm going to do what he tells me to do. I don't think Jesus is being sarcastic here. <laughs> I think he's saying, no, through me, you have access to the Father. So listen to him for who you really are in his sight. And once you learn who you really are, you don't have to run around anymore and pretend to be anything else. He's given you a home, and you can live in it. Well, a challenging text for us, you know, uh, some of you know this, if you're a student or a recent alum, students have taken to calling Houghton home, H-O-U-G-H-M-E. And that idea of Houghton is, is kind of a special home-like place. And uh, for all of us who make homes, it's that challenging uh, reality of wanting to reflect this father's love to students so that they know that this is a safe place to be themselves in all the various unfinished states they're in and how that's hard for a community to do. We want to walk students through those times well. It also demands that we as faculty and staff understand that about ourselves and not run away from that reality in us and not glory in the fact that we're finished products. But that's another podcast for another time. Thanks for listening today. Let me pray for you as we go. 
God, we thank you uh, that you want us to know what's true about us, that we're your beloved children. And when we know that, God, we discover that we don't have to be rootless. We don't have to run, around, run away from what's obviously true. But instead, we can be at home with our feet under us, knowing that in you, uh, we can acknowledge what's obviously true and in need of change in our lives. But that in you, we don't have to be afraid that those things mean that we're not loved or that we have to live in shame or fear. We pray, God, that you'll help us to know your deep love and share it with the people whom we meet each day. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I apologize for bending your ear a couple minutes longer than usual today. Have a great Thursday and go in peace to love and serve the Lord.